Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kevin Johnson program as we spotlight individuals who shape the culture of arts and entertainment here in South Florida. As always, you can find us on anchor.fm forward slash Kev John Pro. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, also under Kev John Pro. And I'd like to introduce my guest at this time. His name is Luis Roberto Herrera. Once again, that is Luis Roberto Herrera. Uh, Luis is a playwright. Actually, his, uh, his ties are here in South Florida. Uh, he relocated to New York, but however, he has, uh, you know, come home, you might say, due to current times, which, of course, we're, pro- we're probably sick and tired of hearing about current times, but hey, here we are. So uh, the reason how I got in touch with Lewis is that I saw a piece of yours that you did about, I want to say, had to be about a year ago. And I know that you've done a few readings of your plays, but this one was a poolside glow. This was done at the Wilton Theater Factory. Uh, It was uh, Sandy Stock, Bianca Garcia, directed by... Jessica Farr. I know also that you were part of a program. It may have been like a rolling reading that you had different readings of this particular piece. Or, you know, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But I know that this piece has been in circulation for quite a while. Yeah, no, it has. Um, it was uh, my first, um, one of my first full-length plays that I wrote. And it's on through, I want to say... Uh, two or three professional readings. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm I'm surprised that you saw the one at Wilton Manor's. That one was exceptionally small in comparison to the two following. Um, uh, and that one I kind of set up, had to set up myself. But um, it was still. I'm glad. I, I'm glad it happened. Okay. Well, hey, I mean, this is where one of those things where. If the opportunity is not given to you, you have to create it yourself. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what it is. So let's start from the beginning about the origins of Luis Roberto Herrera, because, of course, you know, you come from a, you know, we all come from different backgrounds, but the person that is shaped to be this playwright that we have and then also the content that you uh provide um what made you decide to get into writing um so i started out i mean i was a i was an actor um and uh i went i went to undergrad for acting um for bfa in acting and it wasn't in my junior year but uh, uh my junior year i started writing so my junior year of uh like been writing I wrote I I wrote like poetry and I wrote like short stories and even in high school I tried writing a play which failed spectacularly but I tried (laughs) writing a play okay um and my junior year of undergrad I had a playwriting class with um Michael McKeever okay yeah and um and it was just writing little scenes in that that I just kind of found this part of me where I'm just creating people and just writing dialogue which is essentially just writing different parts of myself speaking um and i kind of fell in love with it and then he told me 
like just try to actually just do it full force. Um, and so then I did, but then I was trying to be an actor and a playwright at the same time, and I decided I had to choose one. I can be both in a way, but if I want to succeed the most, I believe I believed that I should put all my eggs in one basket and go that way. Okay. So, did you graduate from higher learning, or what? What school did you go to? Yeah. Um, so I got my undergraduate degree from the University of Florida, um, uh, by ways of uh, New World School of the Arts. Okay. Um, and I'm currently uh, in a master's program for playwriting. Oh, great! Great. Yeah. Um, I had to do a little bit of research because um, something here at the Kevin Johnson program is that I like to deal with real-time conversation. Um, I'm not necessarily an expert in podcasting, but I figured that, you know, once again, one had to do a little bit of research. And I saw that you have listed uh, some of your content, um, playwriting on uh, the new play exchange. Yes. I do have a few things on there, a few full-length plays, and then I think a, a short piece or two. Okay. So how did that come all about? Like how, like in terms of just posting stuff on there? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I, I found that getting my stuff out there for people to look at is difficult unless I'm just kind of inviting people over somewhere or doing like a virtual thing and um, I see a lot of uh, playwrights that I enjoy posting stuff on there and then I've been told multiple times that that is the place if you want just people to read your stuff just put it on there and people like look at stuff and it's free if you like just subscribe to it and, and read as many plays as you want so I just thought okay why not um I'll put stuff up there that I think is in draft form or in what I believe is ready. And if, some, if something bites, something bites. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But at least it's it's out there for people to read if they want to read it. So that doesn't necessarily mean that those works are published. It's just content. Yeah, it's just pretty much content. Um, nothing. I, I haven't, I've self-published a thing, uh, a, a book of poems but um in terms of like plays or anything like that no none of my work has been published i've had uh some minor productions of like short plays and uh, workshops of other plays and i've had a a couple residencies um but that's pretty much it and a couple short films okay but, yeah okay your dialogue also has kind of like um, expand past the traditional system. And what I mean by that is that your words aren't now also, your words are not only in print, but they're also viral. So like, for instance, I also saw that you did a companion piece on YouTube. I fucking love you. I fucking hate you.
just that phrase popped into my head. I didn't even have any idea as to what it would be. The phrase popped into my head, uh, I fucking love you. And I'm like, that has some kind of visceral uh, feeling behind it. So then I just kind of went from there and I thought, oh, it would be really fun as if a companion piece came with it. <laughs> um, just, the, just the opposite and see the woman's perspective of that same kind of conversation. Would you say that your material um, is somewhat autobiographical? I would say that a lot of what I write, I, um, I, take, I definitely do take from my own life a lot, but I also take from um, people I know and I kind of mix, I like mishmash it enough so that you can't really see what's real and what wasn't real from my own life. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, another, uh, how can I say this? Uh, another rise above the traditional system as well is that, and while we're recording this, you're already on episode three because you have a anthology podcast that is out called Unheard Voices. Yes, that is something else that came up from this time because I, I'm on, I'm on a a video game podcast where we, with my friends where we just discuss video games and the current uh, video game industry. And then um, I thought to myself, oh, I, I'm like, I want to do something creative. I can't put up a show. I can't put up a play. I can't really shoot a movie, just me by myself. I'm like, but what if I did this thing? And let's see if other people are interested in helping me and doing it with me. And so far, I think people are enjoying it and I'm enjoying it. It's so it's a decent amount of work, but uh, I kind of love it. Now, is this going to be a limited series, or do you feel that you want to carry this on for a while? I, I want to carry it on for as long as I, until I think to myself, I have no, I have nothing else to, I have no other stories to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll keep doing it, especially because the format itself is makes it a little difficult because it's just the premise is people leaving voicemails behind and um there's i don't know how far i can go with that or how long i can go with that but i will keep going until that river runs dry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well it's funny because just listening to the two episodes just now it just seems that there are a lot of stories to tell behind those so um can't wait to uh, listen to the third one and once again, just as a shameless plug, it's Unheard Voices, and it's on all DSPs, right? Or it's just Spotify? Yeah, it, it is, it is, it is. Okay. Nope, it's on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, all the stuff. Okay. So let's break down on how, like for instance, um, let's break down on how you put this together. Like for instance, the three uh, messages um that you know one has through the episodes is it more like you write the dialogue and then you send it to the actors and then they have to record it through their uh equipment sort of like what we're doing right now yeah pretty much um i uh i write i write each message and um i have a sound designer ernesto gonzalez and um i usually i send him the script and then he sees what He's like, oh, you want this noise? You want this thing happening? I'm like, he's like, okay, let me see what I can do. And then he'll uh, write down notes on how each message should be recorded. Mm. And 
send that to the actors and then ask them to record the messages in the way that he suggests or asks and then they send it back um, to him and then he works his magic okay <laughs> which is true to that word magic <laughs> Of course, we don't want to reveal any secrets. Yeah. <laughs> so, here also, um, we like to, we try to keep it linear, but uh, there will be a time that we would have to kind of step back. Did you relocate to New York as soon as you graduated from college? Um, no. Um, so, I graduated... Um, from my undergrad in 2016, the end of 2016. Yeah, at the, at the end of 2016 is when I graduated. Um, and then I, because I was told multiple times by professors that I should apply to grad school for playwriting. Um, so then I did. I applied one year. I didn't get in. Well, I made it to a callback. And I applied the next year, made it to a callback, and then I applied a third time. I applied three times to grad schools for playwriting, and in that third time is when I finally was accepted. Okay. And so that's when I moved. I moved to New York in 2019. Okay. Now, as far as, do you happen to have any inspirations in reference to your writing, the uh, other scribes that you uh, look up to? Oh, yes, completely. Um, number one, always in my mind when I write most things is uh, the amazing playwright, Annie Baker. Okay. Circle, transform- circle transformation. Circle transformation. Yeah, circle, circle mirror transformation. Yeah, circle mirror transformation. Okay. Flick, John, the Antipodes. Yes, she is a huge... Um, on the way that I write. Okay. Okay. Now, of course, not only are we dealing with the COVID-19 era, but now we are uh, dealing with the diversity, inclusion, equality era. So how do you think we would be able to take advantage of voices of other uh, ethnicities backgrounds, heritages, um, things like that. How can, you know, those voices get through the door? Um, Of course, we've had playwrights, you know, how can we get, you know, those, uh, those people through the door now? Yeah, that's a, man, that's a big question. Um, For, I just think, because a part of me believes that when it comes to those kind of things, and excluding or including playwrights of color i think some of it kind of just honestly comes down to to a fear of um for a lot of theater companies or um people in charge because they uh they read these plays or stories that come from people of color that come from a place that a lot of theater companies are aren't sure of and some are brave and some will definitely take them in and tell those stories and some are unsure they're like we don't know if audiences will be okay with this we don't know um how this will feel and i think something that companies and artistic directors and producers need to just start doing is stop start being brave and trust trust mm-hmm. trust your audiences that if if 
they're coming to your theaters for a good story, then if you if you've chosen a good story, no matter the color of the person, that they will want to listen to that story. It just does seem that these days, uh, in this uh, current era, uh, the voice of the voiceless is now being heard, and to know that you know you you are one of those who is trying to amplify those voices. You know, I wish you much much success in that, and especially with uh, the 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 generational uh, setup with unheard voices. Um, there seems to be a specific, a, a younger generation. I don't know whether it's millennial or Gen Z, but it seems that type of, of voice that is uh, that has yet to be heard is now being amplified. So um, that's appreciative, and uh, I can commend you. Uh, I, I will commend you on that. Thank you. Right, right. So other than your uh, social media, uh, have you started uh, on a website so then people can actually at least get a excerpt of the pieces that you have? Um, yeah, I have started uh, working um, towards a website. Um, and I think the only reason that I'm starting to work towards it now because I have more material that I can fill the website with. Um, I think if I would have tried to do it, uh, maybe, maybe even just a year ago, I think it would have been a little fruitless, um, in the sense that all I really had was a lot of text heavy things. Um, but now I have things in all different mediums. Um, I have, I have pod, I have two podcasts. I, I have a couple short films, so I have a lot of visual, visual, um, um, auditorial and uh, text-based things that I think people can definitely um, sink their teeth into. So I think a website makes sense now, while a year ago it would have made less sense. So, as we spoke before, you are currently back in South Florida just to try to uh, make sure, or, you know, make sure that you're healthy, of course, make sure that you're well. And also to uh, stabilize, make sure that the pandemic is stabilized before you, you know, go back to New York. So if and when you go back up, um, what do you think is the first thing that you're going to do? If and when I go back up. Um, and it can be personal. It can be personal. It doesn't necessarily yeah, have to be right. business. It doesn't have to be business or theater related. No, no, no. Uh, Okay. my favorite bookstore in the world. Okay. All right. Um, how many floors is it? The Strand, I believe, is five floors of a wow. bookstore. Wow. Wow. And they've got, like, different reading spaces where you could actually just sit down and read? Um, no. I mean, there is, 
literally like some places where you can read um but for the most part it's just a lot of standing um and they have like maybe like a, a chair here or there but it's not uh it's definitely not a place where it's like yes please sit down and read it's not like that oh, okay okay now were you staying up in uh, manhattan or were you in the other boroughs uh i was in brooklyn um, um i was living in brooklyn okay how uh, what was that experience like when you first when you first moved up i mean did you feel like a culture clash at that particular point or did you just settle right in i had been already going up to new york i want to say at least once or twice a month for the last before i moved for like the past like six months i was going up to new york once or twice a month because i was uh, a part of a, a fellowship that took place in new york um so I had to buy myself up. Um, and so when I moved there, it wasn't, it was, it was, it was, it felt normal. Um, the worst part about me moving there was the actual day of me moving there. It was, I went into New York in the worst possible way. And then I also left New York in the worst possible <laughs> way. Hmm. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So, um, they say that Miami is supposedly the New York of the South, but um, as a person who was raised there, um, do you have, what are the comparisons and then what are the contrasts between New York and Miami? Um, the, con the comparisons and contrasts, I would say that um, New York is, has more foot traffic uh, definitely yeah definitely has more foot traffic um in my opinion and um it has it feels more alive consistently there are parts in miami that f have that same feeling but miami is so spread out mm. Mm. you know right. um especially like when it comes to city city-wise miami is very spread out there's like well, there's like one place that's like oh this is a city and then every other places like oh this is a, a beach city okay um yeah so definitely difference in that and also the smells oh man the smells the sm smell in miami like downtown miami is not the best but the smell in <laughs> most parts of new york are worse <laughs> <laughs> like wow i've the contrast of being in a building and then you walk outside it's like someone smacked you in the face Ah, uh, right. With a smell. Right, right, right. So, with your content, because, of course, you do theater as well as film, uh, we've seen a lot of uh, playwrights actually um, move into cell celluloid and actually stay there. Um, do you feel that now is the time in order to uh, create a balance between, you know, writing for theater and writing for film? Or do you eventually want to move into uh, just doing screenplays, of course, once you uh, find yourself, um, you know, doing this for a living wage? Right. Um, I find that I'll probably always, because film and television are two of my main goals in life as a an artist as a writer but I find that I will always write plays mm -hmm. because the pr 
process of writing a screenplay, I've learned, is just so much more technical. Um, and writing a play just feels so much more free and poetic. So mm-hmm. I'll always go back to writing plays just because I feel like I can have that freedom without having to worry about the technical. I can write stage directions how I would write them and how I would say them and all these things. And when it comes to screenplays, the final product is what is where the poetry comes out because the screenplay is very technical. Mm. So once again, you have your your podcasts that you are doing as well as you know the pieces of stage that uh, you have worked on. A writer is always writing. So what is your next project since you're bouncing between, you know, stage and viral? Are you working on any other new material right now? I, I definitely am working on a few things. Um, uh, I'm finishing uh, a full-length play right now. Um, which I have a, a reading of soon, like a sample reading of virtually. And then I'm also writing and shooting a couple short films within the next two months. I'm actually shooting a short film next Friday. And then I'm writing a TV series pilot, which hopefully I will also shoot in order to just kind of shop it around. Hmm. Which actually brings me to in uh, a, a question about... We have been doing or seeing these Zoom readings, of course, due to uh, safety concerns. Um, but yeah. but up un, you know, unfortunately, uh, that's that's basically all we have at the moment. Um, but if there was a way that we can at least bring in two to three people together in a room um, to coexist if we were to possibly do a live stream of that uh, as opposed to a Zoom setup and then of course people could watch online uh, do you think that we would we're you know do you think it's too soon for something like that kind of things i think i don't think it is i mean it, I, I think it depends that's what it is it depends as long as everything is done safely and precautions are taken and tests are 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 taken i think if we take each step in that direction of safety 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 that it should be okay and i'm not talking like big groups of things but like you said like uh, a few or a few or a couple people um, in one location, and if something is kind of written to be said in an apartment and that kind of thing, and then we watch it in that way live streamed, as long as everyone's safe and they take tests, I think it's possible. I don't think it's too soon for that. I think because there are a lot of film, a lot of TV shows and films that have started production again, but they started production under the safest of circumstances. Right. Right. So I think it's possible. Okay. Okay. Try to end it on a positive note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll try. We'll try. So, yeah. of course, um, I know that your YouTube channel and uh, your IG is full-sized Lewis. And that is yes. 
F-U-L-L-S-I-Z as in zebra, E as in Edward, D as in David, L-U-I-S as in Sam. So we can find, of course, the YouTube channel there, the IG, um, where else uh, social media-wise or website can we, of course, find you and your content? Yeah, um, also New Play Exchange. I'm just under there, under um, Luis Roberto Herrera. Um, and then I'm also uh, I'm part of another podcast, um, and, I'm, and I have the one that I create, and I also stream on, on Twitch, um, video games, because I'm also I'm a big video game nerd, aside from an artist. Okay, <laughs> okay. Okay, so just a little bit of a side, uh, the video game part. Um, are you more of the, like your Twitch channel, do you talk about the new games that are coming out and then you demonstrate you play them, or how does that work? So uh, I'm a part of a, of a group called, and we have called ourselves um, Taste of Dragons. Okay. Um, we are a video game podcast and we also have a stream channel and um, so each one of us streams on a different day and we stream something different different content and I stream on Mondays for an hour and uh, my friends have so lovingly called it and we've decided that it is called Lewis's Monday Murder Power Hour Okay. where I uh I play a video game for an hour, and the whole point of that hour is to, as terrible as it sounds, to get as many kills as possible for the people watching. So are you like what, more like Call of Duty and Fortnite? No, no, definitely not Call of Duty or Fortnite. It's more like games like Grand Theft Auto, Hitman, okay. um, more like single-player games, but with like an expansive world so that I can do whatever I want without having to play with actual people. Okay, okay. I know that there is a huge gamer world out there. Uh, have you uh, been to these conventions? Do you do the cosplay, or is that more extreme? Um, I have been to, because uh, I'm also a huge comic book guy. Um, I, reading, I read comics. Um, I've been to a few comic book conventions, and uh, I don't cosplay um, solely because uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work and a lot of money and a lot of time, and I don't have uh, any of those. Um, but I've been just to enjoy and just to kind of take part in that kind of subculture. So, yeah. Well, um, I, I want to say thank you very much for taking the time out to speak with me. Um, we hope that, uh, that, um, you know, your voice and the voices that you amplify, um, you know, will, uh, provide you, uh, much success being of this, uh, new generation of writers, uh, not only yeah. just plays, but also screenplays or any type of writing content, whether it be just for print or viral just to know that your name is out there and that uh, you are providing content, whether it be through your 
uh, podcasts or your Twitch. Uh, it just seems that that is the way of, of the future. So um, just to get the words out there and to you know get to get to be seen and also providing new stories. So unheard voices, of course, is out. I mean, the third episode uh, is out now uh, on all DSPs. Uh, you have your Twitch channel. Um, you have uh, Taste of Dragons, which is, I guess, the other uh, podcast. Yeah, podcast and uh, Twitch channel. Um, they're they're one and the same. I mean, we we operate on both. But yeah, that that's up there as well, and I'm always on there. Okay. All right. Well, of course, stay well uh, and uh, be safe and keep on writing. No, yeah. And yeah, no, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure and uh, I've loved, I love talking about this kind of stuff. So uh, it was definitely more than happy to. Of course. Well, that was Luis Roberto Herrera. And this was the Kevin Johnson program. Once again, spotlighting the creatives of South Florida. Find us on anchor.fm forward slash kevjohnpro. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, also under kevjohnpro. And that's K-E as in Edward, V as in Victor, John, J-O-H-N, Pro, P as in Paul, R-O. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, support your local community. Take care. <laughs>